featuring mm. most of the original cast members with the original <laughs> cast. Hi, Charlie. <laughs> I don't know why he's barking in the podcast. He heard me singing. <laughs> yes, he's like, I can sing he's with like, you. Shut up, crazy lady. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, let's go again. Talk to the end. What's up, everybody? This is Sarah, your host of Talk to the Hand podcast, a podcast about the 90s, everything you love about the 90s and more. Welcome, everyone. Oh, my goodness. This is episode 11. We have a fantastic guest today. Oh, my gosh. I have with me, right next to me, the very fabulous Madame Cheret, a Broadway and baking blogger. And today we are talking about, what are we talking about, Madame Cheret? We're talking about Rent. Woohoo! The musical that taught us how to measure our lives in love. Yes. <laughs> Before we start, I just want to make sure you're following us on social media. You can follow us at TTTHpod on Twitter, Talk to the Hand Pod on Instagram, our website is Talk to the Hand pod.com or you can email me at talk to the hand pod at gmail.com so again like i said we have the fabulous wonderful madame Cherie today here on the pod talking about rent just want to give a little baby trigger warning uh, for substance abuse and discussion of violence towards lgbtqi plus community also mentions of hiv aids in the context of the show and 1980s and 90s so hello madame Cherie. how are you i'm good hi sarah hi okay why don't you tell our 90s kids and 90s kids at heart a little bit about yourself? Of course. Uh, well, like you say, I'm Madame Chere. I'm a blogger. I love musicals. And for the past two years, I've been really into operas. And I'm a home baker. So basically what I do, I just mm, match the two of them. And I bake a recipe for any of the shows. And then I just describe them on my website like they're a pastry. It's so cute, everyone. You have to check it out. And your website's madamecheret.com. Yes. And that's spelled M-A-D-A-M-E-C-H-E-R-E-T.com. Yeah. Well, a little bit about the show is that although it is a 90s show, we <laughs> actually did not see it live no. in the 90s. <laughs> I was a little too young for it in the 90s. Yes. Well, the movie is PG-13. Yeah. And actually, I just saw it last year. Okay. To the Pantages. Yeah. So this is not just a 90s show. This no. The influence of this show stretches into the decades, into now, into today. Um, okay. So how did we choose the topic, Madame Cherie? Well, we're friends. And you know <laughs> that I love. We were thinking about, well, something in the 90s. And I love musicals. So let's choose a musical from the 90s. And what better way? For rent, although yes. it starts on Christmas Eve and we're almost about to hit. We're almost there. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So. It's almost very tight. You're right. Oh, yeah. It's very holiday. It's seasonal. <laughs> it's <a> seasonal. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then we're calling this episode Seasoning of Love. If you have seen the show or even if you haven't, you probably know the song Seasons of Love. Yes. And we're calling it Seasoning of Love because oh, it seasoning as in the baking and cooking that Madame Charé does so beautifully on her blog. So make sure you check it out. MadameCharé.com. Again, that's M-A-D-A-M. E-C-H-E-R-E-T dot com. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're baking to correspond with this show? Okay, so this show mostly is a sweet and savory show. 
you know, like we have all these friends, they love each other, they have each other, but at the same time, you know, they are, you know, uh, some of them, they have AIDS, um, mm -hmm. they don't have money to pay rent, like yeah. they're all starving artists. So for this, I wanted to choose something that you can have on your pantry and bake yourself. So I'm making some maple and beer donuts. Yes, mm -hmm. love it. Maple and beer donuts that you can make out of anything you have in your pantry right now which we all have beer because it's quarantine. <laughs> what <laughs> yes. else are we doing? Well, actually, Madame Jure and I are, right now are drinking a very beautiful light rosé. Okay, so we used three sources for this uh, script here. The first source is Rent Star tells story of show's first preview after Jonathan Larson died from Entertainment Weekly, April 2017. Sarah Schulman, lesbian writer that Rent ripped off from Slate in 2005. And then I actually went all the way back to the 1996 New York Times article about uh, Jonathan um, Larson and the, the show when it first came out in 1996, the seven-year odyssey that led to Rent. So those are the three main sources that I used. What is Rent, Madame Chere? Well, we have to know that Rent was inspired by the... Um, the opera La Boheme, which actually was a Giacomo Puccini's and is one of like the famous opera uh, Italian opera composers. And um, it was in 1896 when it came out, although the opera is set in the 1840s. It's okay. And, yeah. And it's said, you know, in that Bohemian lifestyle who just started in Paris. Yes. And he actually reached his point of Bohemian life in the late 1890s. And it tells a story about a group of impoverished young artists struggling to survive and create life in the East Village under the shadow of AIDS. And it's considered a rock musical. And its first premiere was in January 1996 in New York City. Okay, so the characters were all based on exact characters from La Boheme, which I said we'll chat about in a little bit. The characters are Mark Cohen, who was originally played with uh, by Anthony Rapp, a struggling independent Jewish-American filmmaker. He, Mark is also Roger's roommate and was recently dumped by Maureen, who was also a main character as well. Yes. And also we have Roger Davids, which is actually kind of like the based on the level one movie, our main character, which was played by Adam Pascal and one successful but now struggling musician and an ex-lead singer of a band who is HIV positive through something's abuse and his girlfriend actually died and then he begins to date Mimi. Yes. And Adam Pascal, Roger Davis is kind of like the punk, the punk rocker of the, of the Oh group. yes. He's mm -hmm. like the rock star guy. Which you can see at the beginning of the show, but then, uh, you know, when, when they, when they go like passing the, yeah. how he was, yeah. when he was like, the, flashbacks old girlfriend, like yeah. the flashback. Yes. But then we see like he's, Trying to sober up. You yeah, know. he's trying to get clean. Mm -hmm. So Mark and Roger live together. They are still roommates and they don't pay rent. And just as Madame Michere just mentioned, uh, Roger begins dating Mimi. So then we meet Mimi Marquez, a Hispanic dancer. She's a technically a, an erotic dancer in um, S&M venue. She is also HIV positive uh, and she's Roger's girlfriend. She also is a substance user. She lives downstairs from Mark and Roger. And she is also... Benny's ex-girlfriend. And we'll talk about Benny in just a second. Yes. Then we have Maureen Johnson, which is my favorite character. Oh, I love she's, her too. Yes, <laughs> she's a performance artist. She's Joanne's 
partner and Marks as girlfriend. And of course, it's played by our talented Indina Mansell, oh, which you guys will know as a Alphaba on Wicked. Yeah. And then she's um, on Frozen as well. Yeah, we love Adina Manzel. Yes. Oh my gosh, she is our girl. Then we have Angel Dumit Chenard, a percussionist who also has um, AIDS. Angel is also Colin's partner, a young drag queen. And then we have Tom Collins, who is uh, a part-time philosophy professor at NYU and Honor Kids. AIDS, um, he has AIDS as well. Yes. And then he's Angel's partner. Described by Mark as a computer genius teacher and a, a vagabond anarchist who ran naked through the Parthenon. <laughs> <laughs> then we have Joanne Jefferson. Um, Joanne is the Ivy League educated public interest lawyer who's also Maureen's partner. And then finally is Benny Coffin he's played by Tay Diggs oh which I didn't know goodness. that he was a Broadway singer yeah he was I just, the original no yeah and I didn't know that he was a Broadway uh, singer because I saw him on private practice oh yeah. I love that show oh, he's so dreamy Woo. yes Woo. so he's the local landlord former roommate of Roger Mark Collins Maureen and kind of a sellout because he's now married to someone that comes from a powerful family and one time, actually had a relationship with Mimi. Yeah, they do think he's a sellout. They really call him a sellout. They call him out on that, too. Well, now he's a landlord. He's the one that locks them out of their apartment. Yeah. Yeah, so. And, you know, they're all wearing their bohemian clothes. And here he comes in in his suit and tie and all and his that. Long coat. So his long coat. So, yeah, he's, Benny is kind of seen as the sellout. Um, but, like, just like Madame Shere said, played by the Fabulous Tay Diggs. I wonder if that's where that's where he and Indina Menzel met, I'm sure, right? Or did they know each other before? Because they were married. Oh, that's true. Yeah, they were married I for a long that. time. They have kids together. I think they have kids together. If I'm wrong, correct me on that. <laughs> but those are probably that's some true. very talented kids. My goodness. From the, According to the New York Times, the plot is a very peppery hash of lovers' quarrels and reconciliations with a slightly labored subplot in which the men's landlord, Benny, padlocks their building while trying to evict the colony of homeless people next door. And so the story opens on Christmas Eve where two roommates, Mark, a filmmaker, and Roger, a musician, struggle to stay warm, produce their art, and you find out that Mark was just dumped by Maureen. And then the yeah. friend Tom Collins and his mug on his way over to surprise them at their apartment and never makes it there and is discovered by Angel. Oh, that was such a sweet yeah. part. He yeah. literally an angel. Yeah. It's in a weird time to find love. Yeah, yeah, but so <laughs> beautiful. Yes. And they immediately fall in love. At the same time, their old roommate, Benny, which is, you know, I would say the, the new harsh landlord, comes in to tell them that he is charging last year rent before shutting off the power. Which is so lame because he actually, according in the story, um, he because he lived with Mark and Roger, promised them that they wouldn't have to pay. And now mm -hmm. he's coming in on Christmas saying, oh, just kidding. You owe us a year worth of rent. Mm -hmm. And of course, Mark and Roger who have zero money because they're both struggling artists and musicians are like, no, we're not going to pay. Sorry, we're not going to pay this year's rent, last year's rent, as the famous song goes. So they don't pay. And we see Roger on the 
top of the balcony, he sings One Song Glory, which is um, a, actually a really sad song. Yes. It's a beautiful song. So like we said, Roger was the punk. He was the musician. Um, he was once successful, but now he is struggling to pay rent, clearly. And um, he's also HIV positive through his substance abuse issues and um, through his experiences with his ex-girlfriend who had passed away. And um, so he's standing on the rooftop singing One Song Glory, which is basically his plea to the universe to let him write one last good song okay. before he dies from AIDS. So that's a very emotional song, a very but great song. Yes. Very great song. But before we go to sadness, something nice happened. Oh, yeah. After that, we now meet Mimi, the dancer who is also positive. Yeah, she's also positive. positive, yeah. And a substance user. And she asked Roger for help lighting her candle. And with <laughs> That's a, such a great song. Yes, because their power is off. Oh, yeah, they turn the power off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's cold and she doesn't eat. And she's, you know, she comes upstairs to see if the two cute guys above her will help her light her candle. And then <laughs> it's really cute because she actually, you know, she's, they're singing the light my candle and she blows her candle out after it lights it so she can stick around. Mm-hmm. So she's very flirty. You know, she, girlfriend knows what she wants. Yes. She wants the music. She wants the music musician (laughs) don't we all Mimi don't we all and then we also learn here that Benny um the Taydigs the landlord understands that Maureen who is also one of their former roommates and Dino Menzel as we as we mentioned is planning a protest against his plans to evict the homeless from a lot where he wants to build a cyber art studio Joanne's which is Maureen's current partner meets Mark which was Marine ex-boyfriend. <laughs> so complicated. <laughs> and they meet together in this fabulous tango song, which is called the Tango Marine. Are and you it's with- so fun? It's so cute. What better way to let your ex meet by tango together? That's such a good point, too. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just like I'm sure you said, the relationships are all start to get a little bit complicated at oh, this yes. point. Like you kind of have to watch it a few times to understand it. You know, at, at this point, we're aware that most of the characters here are HIV positive or they're living with AIDS. And um, at this point, it, you know, we see some fun songs. We have some fun, um, like Light My Candles, a really fun song. We have some really powerful songs, but we, at this point, kind of take a little bit of a somber turn. And this is where um, Collins, Mark, and Angel go to a, it's like a life support um, group. It's grief and illness. Um, and we see Mark as the filmmaker trying to capture some of that. And and that's where um, you get kind of the heart and the sad, kind of the, the serious message and undertones of the story, which is that this was such a devastating thing that happened yes. to such, such a creative and beautiful community. Yes. And then also the life support group led in Mark to yeah. record everything, yeah. not to film them, you know, oh, yeah, their yeah. meeting. So it's, yeah, it's a big deal. We also have Collins and Angel confessing their loves, love together after Collins, you know, suggests he wants to open a restaurant in Santa Fe to lighten the mood. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we get I'll Cover You. It's a very sweet song about Angel and Collins just Confessing their love for each other. Very yes. beautiful. And he just asking for kisses. Yeah, a, a thousand payment. sweet oh, kisses. So nice. Yeah, so, so sweet. Yes. Well, after that, I think it's Ooh. one of those more, more like fun songs, you know, yes. the danceable ones. Yes. 
I think tango is a dancer one. That's and, a dancer. and then <laughs> la vivo am is another la one that is. It's another dancer one. Oh, and it's so that fun. the famous dinner party after Marin show, which she has such a cool monologue. Oh my gosh, it's so cool. It's called Over the Moon. Yes. And Which she says, is moo with me. I know, moo. <laughs> she literally moves. It's so great. Yes. Um, and it's actually, she does that on the Broadway show. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, so wow. you have the people as well, like, all mooing. Oh, my gosh. That's so cool. In the audience? Like, yes, oh, audience, wow. Yeah. That's really cool. Yes. That's very immersive. It is. <laughs> and then uh, they have this famous dinner party after Marine's show. And so. They all just rise up and they just start. They're like, well. Yeah, this is Lovey Bowen. Lovey Bowen. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so so then we get to Act Two, and we'll run through Act Two really quickly because actually Act Two was was a lot shorter than Act One. And this yes. show is only two two acts, which the original La Bohème I read was four acts. Four acts, yeah. Yeah. But normally operas tend to be. They're more. Yeah. Okay. So Mark and Roger have to break back into their locked apartment. Fast forward the, the whole story mm-hmm. fast forwards to Valentine's, Valentine's Day. And then we also are reminded. So we learn too that Roger and Mimi are now living together, but their relationship is strained by Mimi's increasing use of heroin and Roger's jealousy of Benny. Um, what else do we find out in this second act? Then when uh, we found out that Mark receives a call offering him a job at Boss Line, but keeps putting it off. Yeah, he doesn't want to, he thinks that it's selling out. He doesn't want to sell out, but he keeps putting it off. Yes, and then Joanne gets moved, turned off by Marines from Squiddy. And the song Take Me or Leave Me. Oh, such a good one. My sister and I sing that song at the top of our <laughs> lungs. And I always take Maureen, a.k.a. and Danny Menzel's, even though I have zero vocal range like she does. <laughs> but my sister always takes Joanne. It's so fun. It's such a fun song to do on karaoke. Yes. Take Me or Leave Me. Everyone, if you need a good suggestion for your next karaoke uh, lineup, Take Me or Leave Me is a good one. If you have a good, uh, good drunk girlfriend to do it with. so Exactly. <laughs> and then after that, you know, there is... A tragic death that happens. But we're not going to tell you who. Yes. There is a tragic death that happens to bring them back together. And you will will have to watch to see how it ends. Yes. And it's it's, it's this type of shows that you see, like, everyone is sick. Yeah. And then, you know, like, any any of that. Any any of them. Any of them can can be that person. Yeah. So you guys need to watch the show. You just need to watch it. Turn it on. There's a movie. Watch it. Or you can watch any of the songs on YouTube. Oh, as well. Yes. Yeah. I will recommend the tango. You should definitely see the tango. Tango Maureen. So so that's the synopsis of the story. Um, and, you know, the story actually has itself as a play has a really, really interesting um, history. So Jonathan Larson is the. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> OK, everyone, we have the very famous Charlie, which is Madame Sherry's dog, sitting at our feet, just snoring away because he is so happy and content right now. So if you guys hear it, you hear <laughs> cute little snores. It's so adorable. We, it's so cute. So Jonathan Larson is the writer who wrote the story, the book, the compositions, the music, the lyrics, all of it. He started writing it based on an idea that he and a fellow playwright had in the late 80s. He was 29 years old when he wrote it. He suggested playing this, uh, like like we said, it, it's based off of La Boheme, um, but a more modern interpretation of it. And he suggested setting the play amid poverty, homelessness, spunky gay life, drag queens, and punk in the East Village, which is actually down the street from where his apartment was in Greenwich Village. 
Yeah, so basically he wanted to write a rock opera. Yeah. Hello to Jesus Christ Superstar. I know, I know. And he basically just wanted to bring theater to the MTV generations, which is so 90s. That is so 90s. He also wanted to blast people out with a grisly, messy show. And I think uh, I think he, he did that. Um, he also, so it was billed the rock opera of the 90s. But he was rattled by his lack of professional success, but confident in his talent. Yeah. Relatable. Yeah. Also, Madame Sherry is also an artist. If you if you don't know that, she also does a really fantastic lettering piece that goes along with every single blog post. So um, so she's also an artist. So she understands. We all understand. We all understand. Yes. That, um, so some of the story was autobiographical. For example, Roger and Mark were based on Jonathan and his roommate. And um, he also had an ex-girlfriend that left him for another woman. Jonathan waited tables at the Moondance Diner while he wrote it to support himself. He wrote hundreds of songs he for He wrote it. so many songs. Yes. The final incarnation contained 42 songs. That is a lot. Yes, that's a lot. For for two acts. That's a lot. Yes. I think that Hamilton was like that at the beginning. Oh, was have, it? I oh, think. my gosh. That's one thing that we'll talk about in just a little bit, how much Hamilton was like Rent and how much it was yes. inspired by Rent. There was a, so he was really a true artist. A bohemian-like in his show. Yeah. Yeah, he really was. So he lived in Greenwich Village. He lived with a roommate. They were both struggling artists. They, yeah, it's just a very real show. Um, So he approached a lot of people in the industry with this show. Um, And, you know, he's 29 years old. It has a gazillion songs in it. They told him it was too long and had an overly complex plot. And they made him cut the plot down. So if you thought the way that we were explaining the relationships makes it complicated, no. imagine before it was cut down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and they cut a ton of songs from it. If you haven't heard the music, you should really take a listen to it because it really is rock. It really is a rock opera. Yes. It's very poppy, very catchy. The songs are all different, like... Um, you know, there is a tango song. There is a the one song glory is very much, um, you know, a kind of like a rock riff. Uh, Santa Fe is very soulful. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot like of R&B, genres. R&B. Yeah, there's lots of genres represented here. It's definitely something to check out. And it, I can only imagine just how incredible those songs were that they cut to. How yes. much different, but I understand you're trying to fit it into one show. Like a, you, you don't want people to check out. So it was slated for an off-Broadway premiere in 1996. Jonathan was just like what I'm sure he said, it, it premiered exactly hundred years after the opera. So the opera was in 1896 and uh, Rent, a, you know, premiered in 1996, January. Jonathan was very, very moved by the fact that it was a hundred years after. So as uh, Sarah say it first premiered in January 1996 off Broadway, which normally most of musicals got off Broadway before they go on Broadway. And then Jonathan Larson died suddenly oh. of an uh, aortic aortic dissection. dissection the night before the premiere of Broadway when that? he was just 35 years old. 35 years old, and he did a New York Times. Um, interview just like two hours before he died. Oh my God, it is sad. The day before that, his, the day before his show that he spent seven years writing, the day before it premiered. But you know, what? at least he got to see that it made it up to that point. He never yes. got to see his the fruits of his labor pay off, but he got to see get to that point. Yes, exactly. I always feel like as an artist, all that. First of all, all the years that you spend doing it, 
and then that happened. I know, it's sad. But then it's a famous show. You know, it's, it's one so of like famous. It's, I think it's one of, of the few ones that actually have a long run on Broadway. Yeah, and they're still doing like uh, touring. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, and the so after Jonathan died, the cast and crew quickly had to decide how to continue because, like, just like Madame Sherry said, um, he died the day before it was supposed to premiere. So the cast and crew were they were all devastated but they were actually galvanized to to really pay tribute to him. And I'm getting goosebumps right now just, just like thinking about how they did this. So the day their first premiere happened, because they didn't feel right doing it in the, the big practiced way, they decided to stage the first show as a reading. So they, they sat it up to as a reading, much more quiet, much more somber and private. In Jonathan's honor, they wanted to make it, I'm getting goosebumps. They wanted to make it um, celebratory, yet just acknowledging Jonathan's impact and the fact that they were so devastated by his death. But, but as the show went on, it is so lively that it's it's no day but today spirit couldn't be contained and it eventually progressed into a full stage production by the show's second act, which is so That's freaking so cool. cool. If you don't, if you've seen Rent, you understand that feeling and just like like how much of that energy was charged by Jonathan Larson and and just just how explosive in terms of emotions that show is that they couldn't even contain it. They couldn't keep it to a table read. I'm very shocked when I saw this because Broadway is such a superstitious Field. industry yeah. industry that you will think that it will jinx it. Yeah. You know, they will do yeah. it will not go well. That's such a good point. Because like someone just died. You yeah. Know? So it, it is amazing that actually that did not happen. And actually, the success was also partially attributed to his untimely recent death. Yeah. Uh, the show moved to Broadway in April to the Netherlander Theater, which was actually under renovation at the time. But the art department asked the theater to hold off because the unfinished look fit well with the greedy setting really? of the show. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. So it was like this completely unfinished renovation project and they were like, no, just keep it. Well, the producers probably that were so happy because yeah. they were like, we don't have to we don't pay have, for this. No, we don't have to spend money on that. This is too authentic. Just yes. keep it falling apart. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I love it. So yeah, it won the Tony Award for Best Musical. Also was praised for how it represented such a sensitive topic like yeah. the HIV positive individuals. Yeah. Critics praise how characters like Angel and Collins were happy with positive outlooks on life rather than resigned to death. And now it's not dead sentence at it's all. It's not, yeah. No, people live incredible, unhappy, fulfilled lives with HIV. Yeah, it's it was so not talked about and it was such a incredibly massive topic in the 80s and 90s that it was kind of a breath of fresh air that this was actually being addressed in a way that was unsanitized. So it showed how devastating and heartbreaking it was, but also provided hope for people living with HIV AIDS. And I'm getting goosebumps again. Like it's just... It, it was really praised for that. No other, no other thing in the mainstream, I should say. There was no other true mainstream piece of performance art that really film yes. that really addressed this topic. Yes. Well, uh, there's so actually there's a musical as well called Falsettos, 
um, that is on Broadway HD if you guys want to uh, see it. And Andrew Reynolds, his character is um, has AIDS as well, okay. and he's and he's during the nineties. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, so it takes place in the nineties. Okay, well, so the original Broadway Fox show did not do well. Okay, and the the new one. Um, the new production actually was the one who did well. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Some criticized it for being a stereotypical and negative portrayal of lesbian characters. And also, they also criticized it for glamorizing the East Village in the 80s and 90s. Um, and they kind of say that, I know, I know, I know, they kind of say that that it romanticized this bohemian lifestyle in the East Village. But I would argue that it didn't, that it said it's hard. We yes. can't pay, we can't pay our rent. Like, yeah, exactly. literally, it's hard. But, you know, that's their opinion. Like, okay. Um, I mean, I understand what they say that they're trying to romanticize uh, that air, that air, you know, that area of Bohemian because that's exactly what you want to show on a sh- on the show. Yeah, that is about loving the Bohemian life, you know, love being an artist and not taking just a job because you want to just taking a job that where you want to produce something nice. Yeah, you know? so I, I, actually, I feel that they did well. Yeah, for romanticize. I think so too. Bohemian I think life. so too. I think so too. Um, one reviewer sent said that Rent speaks to Generation X the way that the musical Hair spoke to <laughs> baby boomers and those who grew up in the sixties. Oh my gosh, Madame Sheree. I read so many comparisons when I was doing the research for this script. So many comparisons to Hair. Like, do you, like, what do you think about that? I haven't seen the show. You haven't seen Hair? The only thing I know about the show is, like, people dancing naked. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, I did a stage. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, I read a lot of comparisons to, to Hair. Oh, my God. Also, Hi, the, <laughs> the Broadway production closed in September 2008 after 12 years, 12 making years. it one of the longest running show on Broadway, which is great because it fights with all those English shows that we like, mm-hmm. like Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. Evita. Yeah. You know, Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah. Uh, Le Miserable. Yeah, so it's it's good that an American show. Yeah, that's such a good point. Went on the on a long Run. Yeah. The cheaper tickets to the show and the controversial topics actually helped increase the popularity of musical theater to the younger generation, the MTV generation, and the people that really are represented in the show. These are the bohemians. These are the the, the, the starving artists, the young people, the people that can't pay rent. They can't pay hundreds of dollars to see musical theater and see and see themselves represented because a they aren't represented mm-hmm. and B, they don't have money to see. So, so rent actually paved the way in offering um, cheaper tickets, That's which right. we'll mention in just a little bit. The The show closed in 2008 after 5,100. <laughs> I cannot say, I cannot say. 5,123 5, performances. Very good. <laughs> It is. Uh, it was the eleventh longest running Broadway show. The production grossed over two hundred eighty million, and the success of the show led to many national tours and foreign Did productions. You see any of them? Yes, I saw uh, one of the tours last year. Oh my gosh! Yes, like any do. of the original wow. cast. Oh no, no. I I seen Idina Menzel and Adam Pascal um, on different shows, but okay. not though. And um, also the uh, the movie 
came out in 2005, mm. featuring most of the original cast members with the original <gasps> cast. Hi, Charlie. <laughs> I don't know why he's barking. In the podcast. He heard me singing. <laughs> yes, he's like, I can sing with like, you. shut up, crazy lady. <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay, let's go again. Okay. The movie came out in 2005, featuring most of the original cast members with the original cast, except Daphne Rubin Vega, who played the who played Mimi. Okay. Uh, she was pregnant. And Freddie Walker, who played Joanne, who thought she was too old. Oh, okay. I mean... Because they're supposed to be in the 20s. 20, in the 2005, 20s. yeah. 2005, yeah. that came out in 96. That was... Nine years later, yeah. I mean, but you change a lot in nine years. Yeah, yeah. At least emotionally. <laughs> That's such a, from twenty two yes. to thirty one yes. is a world of difference. It's funny because, like on Broadway show, you can tell when someone is older for their character. Oh, really? Yes. How do you tell? I mean, you can. You I mean, can just you can, tell. yeah, you can just it's tell just like physically. I mean, there's people that you can tell when they're older, but in opera, it's the opposite. Really? Because. Normally, uh, in an opera, it will be a thirty-year-old, some, some like a thirty-year-old, someone playing. Okay. Those roles because they have a mature, a voice. mature voice. Okay, but in musical theater, it makes sense why uh, Freddie Walker, who played Joanne, thought she would be told. Yeah, okay. but it's sad, you know, because you go, girl. Yeah, come on, girl. Like yes. this is the, this is our time. Because you're so far away. Yeah, yeah. From, from the like from the actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter. Totally. Movie was box office top 10 for three weeks and got mixed reviews. Some of the plot's elements were changed slightly. Some songs changed to spoken dialogue or cut completely. So there was more songs in the musical. Musical, okay. But that makes sense. I mean... It's a musical. It's a musical. <laughs> yeah. That's what you, you get into when you're... I think people that go see movies have a little shorter attention span. And they want... Yes. They want to be... They want instant gratification. <laughs> Theater people, when you see a play in person, you know there's you know what you're going in for, and you're going in for a more whole deeper experience. Yes, I feel that it's more like yes, yes, like sensory, sensory, sensory yeah. yeah, like a sensory experience because you know you have you know sometimes these big musicals they have a full orchestra. Yeah, playing. it's more immersive. Yeah, and then you can feel the vibe from uh-huh. the audience. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Everyone is ex- you know like excited to yeah, see the show. Totally. Yeah. Uh, in 1998, there was an UK production. Mimi, Angel, and Mark were British and new versions of the songs. Okay. Huh. I wonder how they make that British. I mean, I'm sure they made it British, but... Yeah, I think I think uh, there's some, like, um, when, when you get the rights of the show, I think there's certain things that you cannot change. Okay. And then the other things that you can play around. Okay. Like I one big sample it is if you if you seen the either movie or the musical Hairspray, uh-huh. um, the African American people has to be African American people. Okay. And the white people has to be white people because okay. one of the themes of the show is the the problems between the two of them. Got it, got it, got it. I so yeah, it sounds like so Mimi, Angel, and Mark were British. Okay. Interesting. That's really interesting. I would be curious to see how that actually played out after seeing the American version of it. Um were there any other big revivals or anything like that? Yes. That there you was, know of? Yeah, there was two big off Broadway revivals, one in 2011 through 2012. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's, that's such an interesting 
that's just such an interesting story. Just the fact that it was um, started to be like it was this this very raw, real um, introduction to Bohemia, the East Village in New York in the 80s and 90s, written by a Bohemian artist himself um, who died the day before it went um, on Broadway. And it just went on to be one of the pivotal, pivotal moments in um, the 90s and just representative of, of those struggles. And it also changed musical theater and it had such an impactful cast and such an impactful story. And like the music was so different. And so like, it's not Rodgers and Hammerstein. No, this is, this is not Stephen Sondheim. This is, this isn't, this isn't a new genre. Yeah. This is, this, this is just so different. It's Mm -hmm. so different. And it was so raw and so real. And I know people talked about, Um, You know, some of the criticisms, as we mentioned earlier, was just about how the musical, um, it didn't like take it far enough. You know how we how we talked about how it just it just it just doesn't make sense. It was just so real and so unsanitized. Yes. And such a a look at the um, power of community. Yes. Also, you know, touch very delicate points yeah. like AIDS. Uh-huh. As well, we haven't talked about is sexuality. You yeah. Know? I feel that. I don't know if there are other shows before that actually have a lesbian character, uh-huh. a bisexual character. Uh-huh. So it's, it's very interesting as well that they open. You know, with Sondheim, we start having more dark themes, mm-hmm. type of musicals. And, you know, Rent is different. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to feel dark. It's actually very lightly. It like the music is yeah. very nice. Mm-hmm. Um I think they did a great job. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. So um, a little bit of facts and trivia about uh, the show. And that I'm sure I feel free to jump in here at any point you have any interesting facts about the show yourself. Um, but the early iterations by Jonathan actually had every single character with AIDS except for Mark. As you remember, Mark is the main character, the main narrator. He's one of the two that live in the apartment at the beginning. Um, Benny, the landlord, Tay Diggs, also had a much bigger role originally. And then the cafe, I, I found out the cafe where La Vie Bohème takes place um, is actually a real restaurant in the village um, that actually closed in 2013, which makes me so sad. Aww. Like, But it was a real place that these Bohemian people um, gathered and had like loving family gatherings together. And it was an actual place, which is so freaking cool. So... Oh, yes. Actually, if you see one of the parts of the musical that we uh, we say that we have two of our characters, um, Angel and Collins, uh-huh. they go to a life support group. Oh, yeah, that's and right. And that was based in re- the reality. Oh, really? Yes. Actually, Larson attended a meeting of friends in need, a group that helps people deal with illness and grief. And he began to attend the meetings regularly. During one meeting, a man stood up and said that he was not afraid of dying, but there was one thing he feared. Will I lose my dignity? <gasps> and you know that's a lyric. Yeah, that's part of the yeah, wow. that's part of the show. So in the show, his friends from the support group played the people in this scene. Okay. And in the Broadway show, this group changed nightly to honor the friends of the cast members who were living oh or God. had died from AIDS. Are you serious? Yes. And then if you see that show, if you see that scene, like it feels so you know, sometimes, you know, all these, you know, uh, writers, they do a lot of research, but it feels very natural. Yeah. So now I find out that he actually was part of this group. Wow. It was, I mean, now I understand how 
you know, like it really connects you. It was very personal. Mm-hmm. It was very personal. And that song, um, Will I Lose My Dignity, is that it's, it's called Will I, right? It's, um, but that's, that's such a, it's such an incredible song. And it just has so much heart and so much, you feel so much for these characters that are just like, this isn't who I am. This isn't mm-hmm. what I don't want. I don't want this to define me. This is how I'm going out. But, but I still have my dignity. I'm still an artist. I'm still, mm-hmm. you know, who X, Y, Z, what your identity is. Um, wow. That's, in, that's intense. That's very intense. How beautiful, how beautiful that they, um, honored that by having his friends from the group and then just changing it up too. I think that's really cool. Um, so what's, what would you say, what would you say is the most famous song, Madame Chere from Rent? Oh, Season of Love, of course. <laughs> 525,600 minutes. Yes. <laughs> That's Which it is kind of a gospel it, type oh, of song. Oh, you're right. It is. So now, Larson, we mentioned that Rent had a very um, interesting history of offering cheap tickets. So what they used to do is fans used to camp out in front of the ne- the Nederlander Theater in advance for hours and hours and hours for discounted $20 rush tickets for, to the show. And that, those would open a few by lottery by for a few hours before the show started. And these people would sit out for hours trying to get them because that was how they were able to see this. So it was a much more accessible show. And that's one of the things that Rent did. And and um, that's one of the legacies is that it brought that discounted two hours before the show discounted tickets thing to the mainstream. Like it yes. made it accessible for people to see the theater and connect to the theater in that way. Yeah, because it would be ironic to have a show that is oh my God. towards this type of audience yeah. who can actually afford yeah. to go and see the show. Exactly. It would be so lame to just like have a bunch of people who are probably with steady jobs. <laughs> yeah. Like that's not who this is that's no. not that this this musical is definitely for those people. Mm-hmm. It's because we want to show this side of the coin, this side of of Manhattan is not just the lower the the lower Manhattan financial district. This is also the village. This is the this is Bohemian is the artist people. So um, that's really interesting to me too. It's also been I feel like since 1996, Rent has been referenced in like everything in <laughs> mainstream pop culture. Even the movie Team America does a stupid little spoof on it. Um, it's just It just pops up in everything. Yes, he's been on Seinfeld. Seinfeld. The, the Office, Saturday Night Live. <laughs> well, Glee, Glee, of course. Yeah, 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 Crops, yeah. Which is a show about medicine. Yeah. Uh, Will and Grace, uh-huh. Friends. Uh-huh. The Simpsons. I think okay. that when you made it to The Simpsons, like, you made it. You made it to The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> you made it into pop culture. Into pop culture. You were exactly. in history. You were exactly. written in history books. Yeah, <laughs> and of course, so many more. Lin-Manuel Miranda, composer and writer of Hamilton. Uh-huh. He cited that Ren was one of his main sources of inspiration. And he also... That makes sense. And he also referenced Ren in a verse of the song, Wrote My Way Out, in the line... Running out of time, like I'm Jonathan Larson's rent check. No, I wish I can rap, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's my first, like one of my favorite songs. Okay, it is. Is um, it really? Yeah, from that's, Hamilton. Yeah, that's like the the song before Act One. Finish. Okay. Mm-hmm. I heard. I actually read a lot about Lin Manuel Miranda and that he was very influenced by Rent. Yes. And I wish. I wish Jonathan Larson could see Hamilton. 
I wish he could see yes. his influence on Hamilton. Yes. I wish true. he could be alive right now. I'm sure wherever Jonathan Larson is right now, he's singing and rapping and everything along to the Hamilton soundtrack, just like giving Lin-Manuel Miranda just the little pat on the back that he needs. Mm-hmm. It's so cute. I love it so much. Um, okay. So as we mentioned, we're going to wrap it up, talk about the opera and the legacy. So Rent is actually based off of a opera. Tell us a little bit about the opera, Madame Chere. Yeah. So the opera was, uh, Rent ba- is based on, it's called La, Bo- uh, La Boheme, which is a famous opera. And actually one of the operas that they still play around because like people can relate to and it's fun. You know, it has everything you want. You you want love, you want drama, mm-hmm. you want um you want some you know some sad parts, but then you want some comedic parts mm-hmm. and it has everything. So I think that's why this opera really relates with people. So the opera was uh, as we say at the beginning, it was premiered in 1896. The opera is set in Paris. Okay. So, you but know, it's an Italian opera. It is. Oh my god, that's what I love about opera. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is an Italian opera composed by an Italian composer, but it is set in Paris. That's so it's so cool. sing in Italian, but the set is in Paris. That's so cool. That happens a lot. That that's happens so a lot. That, but that, yeah, that's a lot of like. Uh, Carmen, it is a French opera set in Spain. Okay. So it's singing in French. Lots of Europe, romance countries overlapping. Exactly. It's so romantic. Yeah. So um, we have the same characters. Okay. And instead of eights, we are talking about tuberculosis. Okay. Okay. And our main character, Mimi, she's not a stripper. She's a seamstress. Okay. Um, As well, the... The opera starts on Christmas Eve. Okay. It has four oh, acts, same, yeah. which is normally for an opera instead of the two. And um, songs that they borrow from the opera are Light My Candle. Okay. Back then. So the opera, although it was premiered in 1886, it was set in the 1840s. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So the very beginning of the Bohemian life. Okay. And then uh, they actually, the the song Light My Candle is on the opera. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, wow. Also, Goodbye Love. Okay. And the song Take Me or Leave Me. Wow, he followed it very closely. Oh, yes. Like, very for example, closely. the main character, our, our Roger. Uh-huh. Uh, his name is Rodolfo. Oh, wow. And then Mimi did not change. Yeah, Mimi's the same. Mimi's That's right. The same. That's yes. right. Yes, but uh, our Rodolfo is a writer and our Roger is a musician. Yeah, and songwriter. Yeah. Yeah, a songwriter, and then our Mimi is a stripper, wow. and their Mimi is a seamstress. Wow. Mm-hmm. He followed it so closely. He even referenced, um, Jonathan Larson even referenced it when he ca- talks about Musetta's waltz in um, La, B- La Vie Bohème, mm-hmm. where um, Roger's playing the song. He's like, that doesn't remind us of Musetta's waltz. That <laughs> Musetta's waltz was the actual thing in La Bohème. Yes. So cool. Yes, and also, like, the... Um, the part of the diner party uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, is the the beginning of the second act of the of La Boheme, and it's in a it's this big cafe because you know you guys know all the the cafe mm-hmm. life in mm-hmm. in Paris. One of the main topics, or actually the main topic on Rent, besides love between you know love mm-hmm. with friends and relationships, lo- and, 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 yeah. yeah, relationships and emotional as well. Um, in AIDS, right? Yeah, and then in La Boheme is the is tuberculosis. Okay, we both hard to kill during that time yeah like, i'm sorry hard, hard yeah hard to hard to cure during yeah. that time yeah 
Absolutely. So interesting. There's so there really is just so much crossover, so much explicit crossover yes. that Jonathan Larson literally took the exact same story and just modernized it and yes. put it in poverty and put it in the East Village and put it with AIDS. And like he literally just took that story and just made it 1996. Yeah, they both starving artists. Mm -hmm. They both in poverty. And I think the only main difference is in La Boheme, Roger, um, Rodolfo and Mimi actually they have first uh, um, love at first sight. Okay. Which we, not, we don't see that in Brent. Oh, wow. You know, like oh, they wow. do like each other. Like Mimi likes Roger. Yeah, but she but has to like seduce him. Seduce him. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but in this one, in La Boheme, it's actually, you know, I saw I, I saw you and yeah. my God, I, I think I love you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. So that's so interesting. So that is La Boheme. Um, really quickly going to go through the legacy. Um, a New York Times review in 1996 said that the show was a young, intensely vibrant cast sustained by glittering, inventive score. The work finds a transfixing brightness in characters living in the shadow of AIDS. Puccini's ravishingly melancholy work seemed like many operas of its time to romance death, but Mr. Larson's scores and lyrics defy death. I mm -hmm. thought that was really interesting. So the New York Times also says in 1986 that it shimmers with hope for the future of the American musical. And I just really wish, like I said, that that they could all see how the American musical shook out after that with just with everything. Think about all the big hits since then. Wicked and mm -hmm. like all of them. They're just like they I wish they saw Hamilton. I mean, really, Hamilton's the big one. And actually, I'm going to have I wrote this. I, I pulled this up for Madame Shrey to read. This is the um, New York Times review from the 1996 that just kind of shows how beloved this show was when it was first um, arrived on the scene. So, Madame Sherry, take it away. Of course. So, this show restores a spontaneity and depth of feeling to a discipline that sorely needs them. People who complain about the demise of the American musical have simply been looking in the wrong places. Well done, Mr. Larson. Yeah, I agree with that. I totally agree with that. So how do you feel? What, what are your thoughts about Rent, Madame Shrey? I love it. Yeah. What's your favorite song? Oh, actually, I love, oh, my God, I, I, I cannot. I love uh, Over the Moon, which oh. is Maureen's monologue. And I like Tango mm -hmm. from Maureen. Seasons of Love, mm -hmm. of course. Um, La Vivoam. Yes. I think. I think those are like the favorite ones. Those are your favorite? Yeah, but I like that's the type of show that sometimes, you know, sometimes there's shows that are songs that you're like, mm, they're okay. So I, I like how these take you through the plot. And, you know, like the, as, as, like you say, it's, it's a rock musical, but not all the songs are, are rock. Yeah. Like Hamilton. Yeah. You know, it's a rock musical, but yeah. not all the songs are rock. Yeah. So I think it takes you through genres, yeah. genres of music. All the genres, you know? like a tour of genres. Like a tour of genres, yeah. I like, yeah, yeah that's what I like about yeah. it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so one of the things that I like about Rent is that introduce a delicate topic, mm -hmm. you know, AIDS, uh, sexuality. Uh-huh. And LGBTQ. LGBTQ. Not, not all the musicals have to be mm -hmm. happy and like, um, the, you know, like a happily ever after. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it's important to, well, in music and address this type of topics, you know, because the theater is for the people, mm -hmm. not for only special people. You know, it's well, for especially everyone people that performed in it. Exactly. It was a, this was this was a show for the for the kinds of artists that consumed this kind of art and created this kind of art. 
Like this wasn't a show for for other people. This was a show for those bohemians. Mm-hmm. This was a we see you show. Exactly. You exist. We know you exist. We know you're going through struggles. Mm-hmm. We know that you have pain and you have grief, but you also have so much happiness and joy and community and love for each other and, and just self-expression. Just keep being you. Mm-hmm. Like that's it was just it, it's affirming. Yes, it's very, it it's very beautiful. But we're going to move into the special segment from Madame Charest. I put together a really, really fun segment today. And this segment is greeting card message or partial or adapted rent lyric. Okay. <laughs> greeting card message or rent lyric. So I'm going <laughs> to name, give a, a phrase and Madame Charest is going to, I'm going to test her to see if she thinks this is a greeting card message <laughs> or a rent lyric. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> let's do this. All right. You ready? Yes. Okay. I'm going to take, I'm going to take, let's, let's cheers to this first. Let's cheers. Cheers <laughs> to Tom Collins and Angel. Oh, I love them. them. Okay. All right. You ready? So here we have the first one. I'm going to take, um, I'm going to take score here. We see if if she gets it right. And we're going to tally up her score at the end and every score wins. (laughs) All right. I like that tap. Okay. Yeah. Every score wins. Yeah. You always win. Okay. Greeting card message or rent lyric. You're cute when you blush. I think it's a rant. Song. It's a lyric. It's a lyric. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. You're correct. It's a lyric. Woohoo. Was okay. that uh, Roger to Mimi? That was um, oh, that Angel was, to, Tom, course, to, to Tom to Collins when um, she finds him in the alleyway. Oh, yeah. And, and she says, You're cute and you blush. Oh. Okay. So, number two, my letter to Santa this year asked for you. Is that a greeting card message or a rent lyric? My letter to Santa this year asked for you. Mm hmm. That's a that's a credit card message. <laughs> ding ding ding! It's a card. It's a card. Woo! <laughs> yes. Okay. The more the merrier. Ho ho ho! Is that a? That's a credit card. That's a green, Nope. That's a lyric. Really? Oh no! Ding, All right. <laughs> I like that's your a lyric. Effect. <laughs> <laughs> that is from uh, the "Today for You" song. Yes. Um, okay. You have the best ass. That is hilarious. Yeah, ding, 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 That's sassy Mimi when just <laughs> met Roger. I have the best ass below 14th Street. Yes, and yet she pretends that she dropped something. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, girl, if I'm a dancer for a club, I yeah. would be the same way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. When we're near and when we're apart, you are the only one who holds the key to my heart. Is that a greeting card or a rent lyric? I think that's a rent lyric. That is a card. There's a card. Oh, no. I kind of see like Angel and Colin saying that. <laughs> All right. Your integrity is only matched oh, is by a, talent. That's a lyric. Ding, 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 ding. Yes. All right. All right. Okay. Number seven. I love the way you leave me breathless. Greeting card or rent lyric? It's a lyric? Nope. It's a card. Oh, no. All right. Number eight. You are the sun to my moon and the stars to my night, the beating in my heart. Oh my god! Now they're getting like <laughs> they're getting harder. They're you know getting harder. Have, you know we have the like thin line between greeting card and lyrics for yeah. rent. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, when I was looking at these lyrics, I was like, "Wow, these are like greeting cards." <laughs> you are no the disrespect sun to my moon. No disrespect to the lyrics. You are the sun to my moon and stars to my night and the beating in my heart. 
greeting card or rent lyric? Greeting card? That is a greeting card. Ding, yeah. ding, ding, ding. Although, you know, you know what I was thinking? Because Maureen sings over the yep. moon. So that's what I was trying to like. Yeah, like that's my why head. I thought that would kind of throw you <laughs> yes. off. All right. I was good about I was right about that. Okay. Times are shitty, but I'm pretty sure they can't get worse. Oh, I think that's a lyric. That is a lyric. Ding, 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 yeah. ding. All right, girlfriend. Okay. Live in my house. I'll be your shelter. Just pay me back. That is a lyric. With 1,000 kisses. Oh. Ding, 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 ding. All right. Okay, number 11. The most brilliant sunrise could never compare to the beauty I see when I look at you. Greeting card. That's a greeting card. That's a greeting card. Ding, yes. ding, 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 ding. Now I think like greeting cards tend to be a little more corny though. Yeah. Okay. I've longed to discover something as true as this. Greeting card or lyric? Lyric? That is a lyric. Ding, 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 ding. All right. Okay. Let's grow old together. No, that's a green card. That's a green card. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> oh, my gosh, you guys. She's killing it. All right. How it many took, are? <laughs> there's 15. We got two more. Oh my Number God. 14. It took a lifetime to meet you, but only one moment to know my heart would be yours forever. Lyric or greeting card? Lyric? That is a greeting card. Okay. Last but very not least, your street sweet want to hit the street, want to wail at the moon like a cat in heat. That is a lyric. That's a lyric. Ding, 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 ding. That was Mimi, right? That was Mimi. Yeah. Tonight. All the sassy ones are from Mimi. All the sassy. And all the sweet ones are from Angel. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Bless. He's the best. He's the best. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for joining us this week, Madame oh, Shirley. Thank you for inviting me. This, this was, was so, so nice. fun. And you know what, everyone? Before we sat down, we thought of other 90s musicals that and, and shows. Mm-hmm. So, Madame Shirley will definitely definitely be back um okay so why don't you tell everyone again where they can find you well what you're up to tell us what you're up to. well if you're interested in musicals i will start putting some operas as well they're not boring i will let you know they're not um you can find me on instagram at madame sheree and that is m-a-d-m-e and sheree c-h-e-r-e-t and then also my blog is madamesheree.com yes and she is so it's so much fun. I'm not even kidding. She, you, you drop every Friday, right? Yeah. So I post on Instagram on Wednesdays and Fridays. And normally Wednesdays, I will tease about the show that is going to be live on Friday. And then on Friday goes the blog. Okay. Live. Mm-hmm. And, but, but our listeners have, have it, you know, he heard it here first. This week's going to be rent. Oh, of course. <laughs> and then you will see the recipe on Wednesday. Yes. yes. So, so make sure those beer in. donuts. Yeah, you want those beer donuts. So make sure you check out the, the website. Make sure you check out her blog, blog so you can see how those turned out. Get the recipe for yourself so you can go ahead and... I mean, like, like we said, you know... This year, you're inside, you're hanging out, you're not going anywhere. Make yourself some beer donuts exactly. and watch Rent. Yes. That I honestly can't think of a better night. Yeah. That's oh, a perfect, great. perfect winter night. And you know what? Just like Madame Sherry said, it starts on Christmas Eve. So it's seasonal. Oh, I know. So make yourself those beer donuts and watch it on Christmas Eve. Yes. That sounds like a good tradition. Yes. And we start getting ready for the holidays. Yes, absolutely. Again, that's Madame Charade. Thank you again. Thank you, Sarah. Well, so excited to have you. We'll have you back for for sure. Make sure you're following us on social media as, as well. 
Madame Cheret is at M-A-D-A-M-E-C-H-E-R-E-T, madamecheret.com. You follow us on social media, T-T-T-H-Pod on Twitter and talk to the hand pod on Instagram. Talk to the handpod.com is the website, and you can email me at talk to the handpod at gmail.com. Um, make sure you sign up for our weekly TGI Flashback Friday newsletters, which will come out every Friday to your email box. It's a weekly dose of 90s nostalgia. And yeah, until next week, be excellent to each other, and we will see you. Au revoir. Au revoir. <laughs> Cheers, my dear. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> to rent. To rent. Have a good week, everyone. We'll see you next week.